website sure is hard to navigate The layout's ugly and the color scheme is not so great The sidebar doesn't look right in IE There's lots of projects but you update them infrequently The last segment was about six months late But two will wrap up in a couple decades at this rate The prose is sloppy and it's type fulfilled Whoever edits this stuff should be taken out and killed How dumb can you be? This whole site seems pretty stupid to me It hurts my feelings when you call me stupid It makes me feel like you don't think I'm smart But just because you say you're not into it Why do you have to tear it all apart? Just because it's stupid don't mean it's not art is unfinished and raw. You really should take the time to learn how to draw. One night stand is too long and repeats too much. Serials and believe you may seem way too rushed. This nuance is confusing and boring and lame. All the people are ugly and all look the same. Where the soul mess is going, I can hardly surmise. Well, I'll venture a guess. Everybody dies. How dumb can you be? This whole site seems pretty stupid to me. It hurts my feelings when you call me stupid. It makes me feel like you don't think I'm smart But just because you say you're not into it Why do you have to be a Ponzi tart? Oh, it hurts my feelings when you call me stupid It makes me feel like you don't think I'm smart But just because you say you're not into it Why do you have to tear it all apart? Just because it's stupid don't mean it's not art Oh, hello everyone! That was uh, Stupid by Jordan D. White for opening uh, the show, which is appropriate because uh, it is the song that opened the show uh, 100 episodes ago. Speaking of 100 episodes ago, we do have a, a, a special uh, guest host. Uh, in addition to our two normal hosts, I, I say two because, again, oh gosh, I'm going so many so many loops within loops, but obviously our good friend Frank Allen, who was on the show for many uh, years, uh, is still missing. But we do have two normal co-hosts, Mr. Rory Sinjin. Hello there, thank you for having me. And Mr. Scape White, my cat. Hello, Dad, thank you for having me, I suppose. You're welcome, both of you. Um, But we have with us a guest uh, host who has been on the show many times, but uh, it's a special episode for him because the first time he ever was heard on the show was in fact 100 episodes ago in episode um, seven, this being episode 107, if you uh, didn't read the, you know, thing before you downloaded it. Anyway, his first appearance on the show was not actually coming and recording as part of the show, but his first appearance on the show was us uh, playing a clip from his uh, syndicated radio show, which he does broadcast, uh, is it weekly? Yes, that's right, it is weekly, yes. Weekly, uh, from uh, KSAC Radio down in uh, Roswell, New Mexico. That's right, yes. And uh, I'm, I, you've already heard his voice, I'm sure everybody already knows who we're talking about, but it's my pleasure to have with us in the studio Mr. Patsy Kennedy. Hello everybody, Don't Believe It, uh, my name is Patsy Kennedy, host of Don't Believe It for KSAC Radio. It's good to be on the show. It is uh, always a pleasure to be here. You know, that is a good thing. So thanks. You're welcome. And thank you for coming on. We've been kind of uh, having various guest hosts with us uh, since we are missing Frank. So we've kind of been having other people fill in. And so I, I appreciate you coming on. Like I said, it's a pleasure. I already do a radio show weekly, uh, every weekend. You can hear it on KSAC Radio. It's it's also on the internet. You know how it is. That's right. That's right. And the first, like I said, the first time we ever had you on, we had a clip. Now, the clip we got, that was how I became friends with you, Patsy. Um. 
the clip we played was a uh, a clip uh, of a uh, a caller named uh, Hope Darling, who we knew from other things. But we had we had heard that she was on your show, and so I got in touch with you over email. That's right. That's right. And asked if we could uh, use a clip from your show. Yes, that's right. And again, that's kind of unusual. I don't usually let people do clips from my show, but uh, because you explained it was about this one person who called in, and I didn't know this person. I mean, she was clearly crazy. Well, that, yeah, that was what you. That was certainly what you took from it. Well, she was. She was talking about some conspiracy about conspiracies, but uh, I, I said, yeah, you could play it on your show as long as you, you know, say where you got it from so people can uh, come check out my show. Right, and we did, and we did. That was very nice of you. So, um, but through that, we kind of became friends because uh, I said, I'm doing a podcast with this, uh, you know, with my people and uh, if you ever want to be on it. And, 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 and you've been on it, like I said, many times since then. You've guest hosted. You've, uh, you were on here with Wally Russman kind of recently. That was kind of exciting. Yeah, that was, uh, that was all right. That guy is uh, not a guy I agree with. He's a voice piece for the uh, mouth of the government uh, conspiracy. Right, right, right. I, I like to think that was the start of a friendship. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That was the start of a friendship that you and I could share. Which is a good thing. Right, right. Well, anyway, um, thank you. 100 episodes later, you're a good friend of the show. You're on the show now uh, whenever we, we have you. We've played clips from your show more than just that one time. I think we at least had, at least one other time. And then we had the episode, like you said, where you took over the show. So you were kind of doing a, doing a don't believe it here. Yeah, that was a terrific show. It was. It was very good. And we haven't played a clip from your show in a long time. We'll have to do that sometime in the future. Oh, yeah. That's definitely hey, no problem at all. If you ever want to use a clip from my show, you just say the word and don't believe it will be on your show. Excellent. Well, let's, let's take a look at uh, what we've got going on. Uh, oh, no, you know what? We have do have something we want to talk about. Um, now, Patsy, you'll pardon me for a moment to talk about something that you're not connected to. All right, don't. that's not a problem, you know. Good, good, good. Um, last week, we didn't have a show because uh, we were up in Binghamton, New York. Uh, that was pretty exciting. Uh, those of you who are familiar with the show will probably recognize the names Daniel Schwartz and Angela Tymon. Uh, they both are contributors to the show. Uh, Daniel, from way back, I think he wrote the second episode of Decker and Hayes. So he was the first person who wasn't me to write for uh, for the WAX programs. And uh, he also was the narrator in Decker and Hayes. And he's been doing things for the show, or for my shows ever since. And then he was the, one of the, I think he was the creator of Slam Jackson. And he, and he writes lots of these new serials that come in. Uh, Angela is the creator of The Diner. She writes a bunch of those things, as well as being uh, the actress who played Stella Decker and played many things. So the point is, they got married. We went up to Binghamton for their wedding. It was, uh, it was absolutely uh, a blast. Saw a lot of people. Rory, what did you think? Well, I had a great time as well. I, It was very nice of Daniel to invite me to the wedding. Well, I mean, it was nice of Angela. Well, all right. It was, yes, it was nice of Angela to invite me to the wedding. I know Daniel might have had an issue with it, but I was happy to be there. So, you know, I, I, it, was, it was absolutely uh, a marvelous, not as good as my mother's wedding, of course, but uh, it was very nice. Okay, that I mean, that was, you, you, you were doing a compliment and then you just felt the need to give a jab for no reason? Yeah, well, you know, I'm just, well, because... You know, I, I don't know why there's a connection to me in my mind between the wedding of Thomas Alva Edison and my mother, Evelyn Sinjin, with this wedding here. I mean, perhaps it's because it's the only wedding that the group of us went to besides this one. So for some reason, the two are linked in my mind. I don't know exactly why. Well, yeah, I mean, that is pretty unusual. Now, Scape, um, you didn't actually come to the wedding, right? You you sent your love to the wedding. Well, I don't think I did that. Well, okay, that's a way of saying that, you know, you sent your good wishes. Sure, well, uh, sure, why not? But we didn't bring you to the wedding because... Even though you were invited, because there were going to be other cats in the area, and I know. Well, you know, I hate other cats. I would kill them. And well, considering that some of the cats belong to, for example, the people who were getting married, I would have killed them. Well, you would have tried. I mean, realistically, I don't think you could actually kill other cats, but you probably would have been pissed off. Dad, I could kill other cats. You could. You can't. You. I mean, you can't kill other cats. I could. What, Dad? Did you see this? Did you see this? That's your claws. Yeah, that's how sharp they are. Do you know how sharp? How sharp? Ten. That's how sharp. Well. 
Okay, I mean, it doesn't matter. They have sharp claws, too. Yeah, but could they do this? Could they do this kick? Like this? Kick, 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 kick? Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a kind of a typical cat move. They probably could do that. I've seen a lot of cats, and uh, they all pretty much do that same thing that you're doing right now. No, no. Not as good. Not like this. Watch. Kick that. Kick like this. That's, too, that's, that's how they do it. I've seen it same doing, doing it. Yes. Oh, you guys are all yellers. You guys are all yellers. You don't know nothing about cat fighting. I am champion cat fighting. I could kill everything that is not me. I could kill. <sighs> Scape, I you're not. I mean, it's not true. But okay. But I I, I told them that you sent your love. That's I didn't a, say that. I know. No, it's a it's a that means that you you hope that they're happy and stuff. Yeah, I guess. I mean, why not? <sighs> you're such a jerk. Just say, there are people that you know, and you want them to be happy and married, don't you? Yeah, works. Yeah. I mean, I don't think about it, but I guess so, yeah. If somebody was like, hey, do you want them to be happy or should they be sad? I'd be like, yeah, uh, happy. How about that? Okay, so then you want them to be happy, you send that your love. You send your love. Well, no, because that makes it sound like a lot of work. Like, if people are just like, hey, should they be happy or sad? I'm like, happy. Okay, that's how you're gonna be happy. But if I'm sending my love, it's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta get some love, and I gotta put it together, and put it in the mail, and stuff. Like, uh, it's just, I just, um, if I think about you, I would probably rather that you're happy. How about that? That is, like, the weakest well wishes I've ever heard. Yes, that's pretty poor. Yeah, oh, well, and speaking of poor Rory, no, 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 escape, don't worry about it. Speaking of poor Rory, I understand, uh, I was talking to Dan Schwartz, I don't know if he wants me to repeat this, but I'm going to. Uh, he told me that one of the reasons he didn't initially want to invite you to the wedding and he never really wanted to invite you to the wedding one of the reasons he didn't want to invite you to the wedding was he didn't think that you would give them a gift he thought you were too cheap well that is ridiculous of course i gave them a gift i told him that you did but he you know he thought he thought you were too cheap and he thought you wouldn't give them a gift i did in fact i gave them two you gave them two gifts well that's that is even more impressive yes of course i did i oh i I make a habit of giving two gifts because you know it it, it 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 makes you seem more generous. You know, Rory, you, you got you just have to use too many words, don't you? What do you mean? It makes you seem more generous. You can't say because it's more generous. You say it has to make you seem more generous. Well, yes, be more generous. Seem it's seem be it's the same thing. I don't believe it. Uh, that is actually not the case because that's actually very similar to a tactic that uh, the government will use when the government seems, for example, to be looking out for your best interest. They're not really. What they're doing is they're looking out for the aliens' best interest, among other things. There's obviously there's Bigfoots, there is Loch Ness monsters. Right. So the point the point is, Rory, you couldn't have said you should you should have said and you should have meant it's more generous to give to. Well, anyway, what did you give them? Well, um, first of all, I gave them a kind of a fun gift. You know, I gave them a fun gift and a more practical gift. So the fun gift was a uh, gift certificate to Coldstone Creamery, so they could get ice cream. Uh, okay. I mean, that's not really. Is that a wedding gift? Yes, of course. Yeah, because again, it's like they can have some desserts. That is the fun gift. Like I said, one fun gift, one practical gift. The fun one was ice cream. You know, so that they can have their own. You know, desserts. Yeah, we know what people do with ice cream. We get it. We get right. it. Right. So that's a fun one. All right. You're right. We get the, we get the fun ice cream. Yes. Right. Right. Move. Yeah. Move on. Fine. And uh, then there was the more practical gift, which I gave them a certificate, which uh, allows them for for two really, one for each of them. So in a way, I give them three gifts, but uh, two full extra historical readings by me, uh. so either of them can can claim one or the other. You know, of those two readings. No, R- Rory, that is. That is so freaking weak. Why, why would no? That's not true. It's a very valuable service. Rory, wh- whether it's a valuable service or not, it's not. It's true. No, but whether it is or not, the fact that you're giving them something that you're just saying I'm not going to charge you for. I mean, that's that's terrible. That's you. 
seem like a scumbag right now. No, that's not true at all. It's a valuable service. It costs many dollars for normal people to get it done. I'm saying I'll do it for them for free. Absolutely free. And it's not one of those, you know, free like I do on the podcast free, where I'm like, well, if you've paid more money. This is a full, full service, the, the way that I would do it if they were paying extra historical reading for them, for free. Wow. No, Rory, you just, you come off like a total, total freeloading douchebag now. I defended you, and now I, I wish I hadn't. There's no, no, that you are you are exaggerating you are you are making me sound worse than i am don't believe it don't believe it listen that is he's right it would be like me going hey uh, uh i'm gonna record a radio show for you for your wedding uh, that, uh, i already do that i already do that and i get paid uh, but this time i'm not gonna no that's ridiculous nobody would accept that i think it's a perfectly valid gift I, well good i'll remember that for if you ever get married i'll be like hey uh, i'll do i i've i've uh, i've uncovered a conspiracy for your wedding so congratulations on that right, yeah exactly or i'm like oh you know i i did an episode of a podcast so that uh, now that thank you that's my gift to you well no that's different because those things don't usually cost money Regardless, the point is that something that you would... I mean, no, Rory, you're just... That's ridiculous. You are a jerk. I'm not a jerk. Well, mm, uh, we'll take a vote. Scape, yay or nay, jerk? Yeah, pretty... That sounds like a jerk. I say jerk, and uh, Patsy. Definitely jerk is what I'm saying. You you are all wrong. Three people can't be wrong. Three people to one person. At the very least, you're three quarters jerk. No, I just... I disagree. I'll, I'll find other people... To vote on my side, so I'm, I'm less than that. That's tampering with the vote. I can't allow that. But the point, okay, look, we've got all sorts of things. Uh, let's, let's, uh, let's just jump right into the shows is what I would like to say. We have a couple of shows. We've got some emails to read. And as always, we do get a, we have a letter here from Mr. Charles Berman who sends us the shows from Binghamton. Patsy, do you want to read uh, Charles's uh, email to us? Yeah, that's not a problem at all. All right. Uh, dear Jordan, a cast of thousands. Dear Jordan, uh, well, so I decided to get the bruises back together one more time after hearing how we got it wrong on your podcast. This time, instead of a community center, we drew up plans to build the Jordan D. White Soup Kitchen, Charity Shop, and Free Legal and Health Clinic. Things were going pretty well, and everyone in the community got pretty excited, if I do say so myself. We kept receiving all sorts of charitable donations and lots of different sources, from lots of different sources, I mean. It was pretty inspiring how everyone from our formerly extremely violent vigilante group suddenly decided to dedicate themselves to a life of selfless community service. Unfortunately, it was hard to keep their work ethic up once they heard the newest episode of your podcast. To be honest, they were pretty upset. I think it was when they found out that you have not told the truth about the morality machine and convinced them that they were all going to die. Some of them actually started to feel remorse at the fact that they had been led into killing people in the name of morality, but now it was all in vain. Others were just mad because they thought they were going to die. Anyway, they seemed to have given up on all the community service stuff. They wanted me to join them in some kind of mission having to do with you and how they said they had to make you pay, but I demurred. Anyway... I haven't been worrying about them too much lately since they have all left town together last week. Anyway, he says anyway a lot. Anyway, I thought I'd pass along some stuff to play, including a special bonus Slam Jackson episode and a rare recording I found of the first national episode of Frank's podcast, Curious About Serial Killers. By the way, it was lots of fun seeing you, Devin, Rory, and Scape last week. Hope to see you all again soon. Charles. Right, okay. Uh, Charles. <sighs> I, we, we, I mean, I guess, uh, Patsy, we should talk about this morality machine thing before we get into this, because I, I forgot to mention that. I was hoping everybody had uh, forgotten about that. Well, no, I hadn't forgotten. I was going to mention it until you brought it up, though. That's nice of you. That's nice of you. But we're friends. Right, right, right. So I, I made this machine. I told everybody it was going to destroy the world, and it turns out I was lying. Um, it wasn't going to destroy the world. It was just trying to scare people into doing the right thing. So that we had a better world. And apparently uh, people are pissed off about this because they think 
It wasn't right of me to lie to them, blah, 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 blah. Listen, I was just trying to make the world a better place, okay? And it was working, as evidenced by your charity shop, which apparently you guys now have all given up. So you know what? I say, that's on you, you bastards. That's on you, all of you bruisers. You think that it's okay to, uh, to give up on charity just because the world's not going to blow up? You think it's okay to give up on charity just because some guy lied to you? You guys are all schmucks. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. Um, so I just thought I'd tell you about that. Uh, what do you think, Patsy? Uh, well, uh, what I'll say is, uh, I didn't really change my life too much uh, during, uh, the, uh, morality machine years. Well, it wasn't years, it was like, uh, like a month or two. Well, I didn't change my life, because, uh, basically I said, well, I'm already a good person, and I tell the truth, I put the word out there about true things, and I uncover lies, and put the word out there to not to believe the lies. So obviously I'm a, a person who is a good person. Right, that's, and that's all, that's all the morality machine needed, was for everybody to be good persons and not to do things that they think are, are, are negative because they know when they're doing the wrong thing. Right. That's not, it sure sounds pretty sensible. However, uh, you were lying to us and therefore, uh, I do think you're kind of a jerk. Uh, no, no. Why, why is it jerky to lie in order to save the world? I was trying to save the world. Yeah, but I, you, couldn't you just tell me that? Couldn't I just tell you that? No, not at all. If I, if I said, I, I may, okay, Rory, let me ask you this. If I said to you, I've made a machine that's going to watch everything you do and tell you whether what you do is good or bad. And if it's bad, nothing happens. Well, I'd prefer you don't. Yeah, but who cares? Nothing happened. Well, I didn't want to be judged all the time. But who cares? Okay, th you're missing the whole point. <sighs> Look, anyway, Charles, you know, rename the soup kitchen. Call it, the not don't call it Jordan D. White anymore because obviously, apparently, nobody likes me. But th it was still a good idea to have a soup kitchen, charity shop, and free legal and health clinic. These are all great things. Don't stop doing them. Ugh, come on, people. Don't be jerks. Don't believe it that it, they are being jerks because, listen, they're just angry at you for lying to them. Anybody who lies to someone, they get mad at them. That's why I'm mad at the government because they say, you know, there's no aliens. They say there's no Bigfoots. They say there's no Loch Ness Monsters. They say there's no Chupacabras. They say there's no Yetis. I know they're lying to me. They say they're doing it for my own good. Do I believe them? No, I know they're doing it for their own good so that they can have monies, so that they can have secret technologies to read my mind. The point is, I don't believe it. And I get mad at them for it. It is a sensible thing to get pissed off at the government when they're telling lies. So if you're telling lies, I think it's sensible to get pissed off at you. Bruises, be pissed off at him. No, that's not, that's not fair. Look, I was trying to help you, bruisers, and I did help you. I succeeded at helping you. I made you all good people. And now you're going to turn your back on it and you're going to be bad people again? Well, that's on you. That's not on me. You're the jerks. You're the ass. I am not. I am the good person who got you to be good people. So you guys can kiss my ass. It's totally not true. I am a good person. I don't know how many good people usually say kiss my ass when they're saying so. Yeah, I was going to comment on that as well. That's It's not exactly traditional good person material. Doesn't matter. I don't care. I don't care. I, I'm telling you, I am the best person present. No offense, guys. Uh, well, I, how no, can I possibly I, I, say no offense taken? Yes, really. But, well, because, listen, I did something big. I threw my hat over the wall. I tried to do the big thing and the better thing and take a risk for mankind. And you know what? It didn't work out because mankind is a bunch of screw-ups. But I tried. And so, therefore, I think I'm a good person. Let's get to the show. Well, all right. I guess we'll get to the shows. Yes, yes, we will. Okay. Um, well, you know, maybe we'll go back to a, a kind of an old school way of doing it where we listen to one show. So let's just listen to one show. Uh, uh, the first show we've got here is this, uh, special episode of Slam Jackson. We finished the first season of Slam Jackson. There's a second season that's going to start soon, but this is a kind of outside, uh, special episode called Episode X. Uh, hopefully everybody will dig it and we'll be back shortly right after this. Slam Jackson! Adventurous! 
by authors. Episode X, The Template Terror. Our story opens with mention of private investigator and famed adventurist Slam Jackson. Greeting. Busy at an otherwise mundane task. I'm likely to spend a few minutes talking to myself as I go about my business. Reiterating said business, it is not long before I disclose that Slam Jackson is interrupted by the newest arch nemesis. Hmm, I declare my presence, intimating that I have met Slam Jackson before. I express disappointment, but not surprise at the interruption, and politely request a deferment. I deny that deferment in the strongest terms, following up with an outlandish insult. Only to be met by a scornful refusal to rise to the bait. I inquire resignedly as to your purpose. Remaining partially impartial, I describe Slam Jackson's qualities alliteratively and hyperbolically. I call for silence, that I may proceed uninterrupted with my scheme. I politely fail to point out the irony. A ridiculous ejaculation reminiscent of 80s television! Surprised at the 80s reference, I nonetheless carry on, revealing my sinister plot and my convoluted goals! Alliterative exclamation of admiration! I offer withering criticism in the hopes that we can move past this shameful encounter. Flat denial! I begin to set my plan in motion! Egregious sound effects! Bang! <laughs> Bazowie! <laughs> Punch! Bake! I question the pertinence of your interruptions and the sense in associating with you. For unrelated and yet perfectly obvious reasons, my plan comes crashing down to cataclysmic failure. Sarcastic expression of disbelief, I request once more to return to my chores. Hmm, grudging agreement. A question of dubious relevance? Repetition of dubious question! Is that all there is to it? Can you too write a Slam Jackson adventurist adventure of Slam Jackson? I urge listeners to perform some kind of mollifying act as you insert action here for the next installment of Slam Jackson. Title music! In that episode of Slam Jackson Adventurist, the narrator was Mickey Weishner, Slam Jackson was Jack Coonrad, and the evil arch nemesis was Daniel Schwartz. Uh, don't believe it. Welcome back. My name is Patsy Kennedy, and this is Casting Wax with Don't Believe It uh, being said by me on this program. Thank you, Patsy. Uh, why, why are you don't believing Slam Jackson? I don't know. Look, I just, I like to say don't believe it because that is the name of my show. It is the show on KSAC Radio. You can hear it syndicated from Roswell, New, Ex- New Mexico. Oh, I said New Mexico as New Mexico. Yeah, I heard that. That was the wrong thing to say. But look, you can also find me on the internet. Look me up on the Googles with the don't believe it. Okay? Now, let's get on to the next program. That's what, I, well, that's what I was going to do. That was Slam Jackson. It was a template. Uh, it kind of tells you how to write an episode of Slam Jackson. Literally line by line. You can, you could follow that and write your own Slam Jackson episode just by replacing every line with a line that it asks you to replace it for. Yes, I suppose I could, couldn't I? Well, I mean, I don't recommend that you actually do it, Rory. You've got better things to do with your time, don't you? No, I'm just saying that that does seem like a helpful thing to do. Uh, if you say so. It's even even Scapey could write an episode just by f- listening to that and then telling me what line to type in, and then I would type in a line for him. Dad, should we do that? Uh, probably not. Why not? Well, well, 
I don't know. Maybe. So, all right, maybe. Maybe sometime we will. You, I mean, you have more stuff to do than that. You, you're supposed to be working on Call of Cthulhu. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. How much working on it have you been doing? Well, basically, Dad, it's just it's rattling around in my brain. I'm gonna spit it out when it's ready. The semester is almost over. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll get it. I'll, I'll do it. I'll get it done. They, they, they told me it's no big deal. I could do it whenever I wanted. So, hmm. Dad, I'm just gonna finish thinking about it for a while, and then afterwards. I would write it down, or I would have you write it down, I should say. And then we would put music, and it would be good. But the point is, I could make it whenever I need it. Don't worry about it. I've got it under control, okay? Under control. <sighs> okay, um, you know what? <laughs> Patsy, do you know what? how I feel about uh, what he just said? Yeah, I bet you I, I think I do. I think I know what, how you feel about it. How do you think I feel? I think you trust him. Well, no. No, I don't, I don't believe it. Oh, you don't be because that's my yeah. I thought because he was your son that you that you trust him implicitly. Yeah, that's what I was saying he should do. That's all, that seems sensible cuz he's your son in many ways. Well, yeah, but because I but I think he's lying, so I was I was going to say I don't believe it. Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, don't he doesn't believe it, Scapey. Don't believe it. Well, that's very interesting, dad. You've hurt me. I'm going to go cry in the corner now. That you that's you're that's stupid. Well, that's how you make me feel, I guess, so... I don't believe that either. He, he's a liar. Look, speaking of lies, uh, Rory, it's time for your segment of the show. Ah, yes, two weeks of this day in history. Well, two days of this day in history, really. One from each week. And, uh, and the follow-up for where are they now in history. Hopefully everyone will enjoy them. And they're not lies, by the way. Don't believe it! Oh, you win that phrase. Welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. On May 9th, 1671, in London, Thomas Blood, an Irish adventurer better known as Captain Blood, is captured attempting to steal the crown jewels from the Tower of London. When he died in 1680, his body had to be exhumed in order to persuade the public that he was actually dead. We finally captured Captain Blood! Yes, my scheme would have worked too if it hadn't been for those meddling kids! Uh, kids? What kids? Those kids over there. I'll have my revenge. Here, children, catch this flintlock. Yay, it's shiny. I wonder what it does. I want to play with the gun. Pull the trigger. What, this thing? Yes. Whee! Captain Blood, you are now under arrest. I find that acceptable. And that's why you should keep guns out of the reach of children, because they will shoot each other in the faces, much like Captain Blood made them do. This is WHRW with This Day in History. Hello, my name is Rory Sinjin, and you're listening to WHRW Binghamton with This Day in History. On May 16th, 1968, crisis escalates in France. A general strike spreads to factories and industries across the country, shutting down newspaper distribution, air transport, and two major railroads. By the end of the month, millions of workers were on strike, and France seemed to be on the brink of radical leftist revolution. I feel like a radical leftist revolution. May we? I prefer having dinner tonight, darling. Fine. Revolution tomorrow. Steak tonight. That is the best motto you've ever yelled in this household. It appears that that uh, meat factory is uh, abandoned. We should go in and take the meat. Yes, just steal some and cook it for five minutes and I wanted to eat it. I'm very hungry. Five minutes? But don't you need to cook it for at least 15 minutes? I'll I said I'm very hungry! Oh, okay, okay, whatever you say. Here you go. Oh, darling, this is delicious. Mm. Um, um, um. Oh, this meat, it is... Uh, uh, 
Are you okay? And all of the radical leftists in France did die, unfortunately dooming the country to capitalism thereafter. If only the communists had learned that they should cook their meat thoroughly when preparing it, they could have saved us from the wicked, wicked frock. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But there must be more to it than that. Well, guess what? There is. My name is Roy Singer, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wag. And how could the death of Captain Blood and the 1960s strike in France be connected, given that they were separated by almost 300 years and an entire English channel? Well, I'll tell you. This British Captain Blood figure did scare people so much that they talked about him many, 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 many years after his death, using his legend to scare children away from firing guns into their own faces. Be careful, children. Don't touch guns or Captain Blood will make you shoot yourself in the face. For example, they would say. And the legend traveled the far distance that was the English Channel into France, where people would say, Faites attention des enfants, ou Capitaine Sang te fera la pousse vous-même dans le visage. And it was lots of children that grew up hearing these rumors. It sort of made them hungry a little bit for blood. So they said, I will not draw blood from my enemies, but I will eat my steaks very rare. It was this that caused them to not cook their meat all the way through and resulted in the death of all leftist thought in France. So make sure that you don't let children play with guns and don't let them not cook their meat. My name's Rory Sinjin and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Thank you very much for that, Rory. Uh, that was very nice of you to do that. Don't believe it, actually. Uh, two things. First of all, that was not nice of him to do it. Well, of course it was. Why wasn't it? Because he was only doing it to advertise his own show, just like with the wedding present before. So, I don't have my own show. I didn't mean show, I meant services. Like, you, you know, you do it so that then people will pay you to do it for you in in, in private. Well, no, that's, uh, I, see, I mean, that's a small side effect. It's not why I do it. I, yeah, well, it is why you do it. Don't believe it. Also, everybody knows that the legend of Captain Blood comes from vampires. That's ridiculous to say they're going to make people shoot them in the face. There was a big hole in the face because the type of vampire that Captain Blood was had one really large fang and he would just insert it directly into your face. It would leave a big circle in your face, a big hole that looks like a gunshot hole, but it was really a fang for vampires to drain blood out through the face. That's why every victim of Captain Blood that was shot in the face there was no blood. Did you ever hear about that? That's why they called him Captain Blood, because there was no blood present where the, when he would kill people. Is that, wow, is that true? Absolutely, that's true. That's, that is how it really happened. They don't tell you that in history books because they don't want you to know about vampires. But there are vampires. They don't sparkle. They're not romantic and good. They shoot you in the face with their fang. They drain out all the blood. I didn't actually believe that he's right about that. Well, believe it. It is true that when I say that that's true, it's true. So you can believe that. You can take that to the Believe It Bank and cash it in the Believe It Bank for Believe It Cash where you can believe it. That sounds pretty true, Rory. Well, it's, it's not. It's especially not any more true than what I said. In fact, less so, significantly. Don't believe that. That is the thing you don't believe. That had a believe it check, that bounced. Rory, bouncing check. I had to cancel all my checks. It's not my fault. Look, let's move on. Oh, actually, yes, speaking of your checks being stolen, uh, we do have a letter about Frank Allen, and then we have a um, a show, I think, from Frank Allen, sort of. Uh, let's, well, let's uh, let's read the letter. Patsy, would you mind reading this, uh, this letter? It's from uh, Mr. Slam Jackson. I think you've heard of him. Yes, no problem. Uh, this this is a frank investigation. Dear Rory, making lots of progress on the Frank Allen case. I have traced one of his checks to Italy, home of the Coliseum and La Scala, the great opera house, as well as lots of delicious cuisine. I think it would be wisest to track him there for a few weeks. We'll report back. Slam Jackson, private investigator. What? No, no, that's ridiculous. No, Sam, he's not in Italy. He's in Binghamton. We all saw him in Binghamton. Oh, God, not this again, Rory. That's that's ridiculous. No, this is not... Just keep bringing this up. Let me tell... Why? Why? Let me just tell... Let me just tell them my version. All right. We went to the wedding of Dan and Angela. It was a very lovely time. Thank you again for inviting me 
Angela, and I hope you enjoy your extra history readings. But the point is, when we were there, I saw Frank Allen at the wedding. No, that wasn't him, Rory. That it wasn't him. It was him. I'm telling you, it's That's him. That's ridiculous. No, it wasn't him. F- Frank Allen does not have that much facial hair, first of Jordan, all. Jordan, he's been on the run. Don't you think he can grow facial hair? No, and, and next you're going to say he shaved his head. Well, yes, that's what he did. He shaved his head. He had shaved his head and he had grown facial hair. That's why you didn't recognize him? No, also, I saw him sign the guest book and it's not Frank Allen. Oh, just because he signed the guest book is not Frank Allen. That's very convincing. What did he What did he sign it as? I just told you. Well, no, what, what, what actual name did he actually put in the actual guest book? He, that's what he put. He put not Frank Allen. What? Not Frank Allen. It said not Frank Allen. The point is, look, that was clearly not Frank Allen because he wouldn't... Nobody would say not Frank Allen. He's obviously anyone but Frank Allen. No, Jordan, that's probably Frank Allen. He wrote not Frank Allen. Why would anyone else call themselves not Frank Allen? I'm also not Frank Allen. I didn't write not Frank Allen in the guest book. Well, you could have because you're not Frank Allen. But someone who is Frank Allen can't do that. All of a sudden, Jordan, you're unfamiliar with the concept of lying. That was Frank Allen lying about not being Frank Allen. And he did it in such a way as to make it clear that he was Frank Allen. That was clearly Frank Allen. That, that doesn't make any... How, how would Frank Allen have gotten into the wedding? I mean, unless Dan and Angela knew that he was there and sent him like a special invitation and was like, you can come to the wedding, but you know, don't tell anyone you're Frank Allen because you'll get arrested. I mean, that's ridiculous. Oh, is it? Is it so ridiculous? I think, I think they've always been quite fond of Frank Allen, if you ask me. They were friends with him back in the old days. They're still friends with him now. In fact, you know what, Slam Jackson? I think you should be investigating Dan Schwartz and Angela Diamond because they're the ones who seem to know something about where Frank Allen is. They had Frank Allen at the wedding, for Christ's sake. No, they didn't. They did too. That was Frank Allen. I'm telling you that was Frank Allen. Slam Cancel your flight to Italy. I hope you haven't flown there yet. Cancel it. Get right back to Binghamton and start investigating the Angela Timon and Daniel Schwartz wedding. The Schwartzes. I bet you they know something about this. This is ridiculous that I have to wait for this. You should be able to find this out. I'm not the investigator. You are. And I'm finding more clues than you are. Well, I, you know. uh. All right, Slam, he's your client, so I guess you got to listen to him. Italy sounded like a wise move to me. Italy is actually very lovely this time of year. He was He's going to be missing out on a really nice vacation. He's not on vacation. He's my in private investigator that I hired to find Frank Allen because Jordan forced me to. So now look, Slam, get back to the United States if you are in Italy right now and start investigating Daniel Schwartz and now Angela Schwartz because they invited Frank Allen to their wedding. They know something about where he is. I stake my name on it. I'm not actually staking my name on it. I'm not actually betting anyone, but just do it, all right? I'm your employer. Don't believe it. As a private investigator, he, he could do what he wants. Yes, but I'm only going to pay him if he does what I want. So, you know, that's the way it works. Look, I don't I don't see what the problem here is. I was not at this wedding, so I did not see this gentleman in question, all right? But if he says he's not Frank Allen... No. R- Patsy, let me ask you this. Are you Frank Allen? No, don't believe it. Of course I'm not. Right, of course. You are not Frank Allen. So, as not Frank Allen, do you introduce every episode of your show, Don't Believe It? Hello, this is not Frank Allen. Don't believe it. My name is not Frank Allen. Trust me. No, that's rid- that's ridiculous. I-, I might as well say I'm not Rory Sinjin. There's a lot of people I'm not. I just tell them who I am. Patsy Kennedy. Right. So why would this person say he was not Frank Allen unless he was Frank Allen? No, that's where I, that's what I'm saying. Don't, that doesn't make any sense. Don't believe it because I am not Frank Allen, but I'm also Patsy Kennedy. So if I said I am not Patsy Kennedy, you would, how would you think that I was, that, you know what I'm saying? That would make no sense. But Patsy, you're not Patsy Kennedy, are you? No, I am Patsy Kennedy. Well, that's not your birth name, is it? Ah, well, no, but that's, don't believe it. Look, I said, but I go by Patsy Kennedy. This is not, this is not important. So in other words, if someone tells you something is true, you should not believe it. Uh, well, all right, yeah, you got me there, Rory. You got me there. So, Jordan, I think he's probably right. Uh, if this guy says he's not Frank Allen, don't believe it. 
He's probably Frank Allen. You think so? Yeah, th- that's uh, that's pretty good logic. Wow. Uh, I wish I had said... He looks so much thinner than Frank is, though. Because he's been on the run. He doesn't have any money. This wedding was probably the best meal he's had in ages. Well, it was a very good meal. No, I mean because he's stuck... Look, <sighs> Slam, just please get back to Binghamton. I, I think it's pretty clear... That he's in the Binghamton area, please. All right, all right. Well, speaking of uh, speaking of Frank, though, we do have uh, an episode of the show that he did, the nationally syndicated show. Speaking of nationally syndicated shows, uh, curious about serial killers. Uh, let's see what it's like. I, I mean, I'm assuming he's well. He can't be on it, can he? I, I, I don't know. Let's listen. Here we are. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Curious About Serial Killers with Frank Allen and Sam Latimer. I am Sam Latimer, and uh, Frank Allen is on his way. We should have him. This is very exciting because this is our first national show. And uh, uh, w- once Frank gets here, we'll, we'll get some thoughts from him about uh, how he feels about that. Uh, um, I, I'm Frank's co-host, and I, I'm very honored to be here with him once he gets here. I'm, I'm sure this show will, um, will blow your socks off. Or your head off. <laughs> serial killers. All right, and uh, we're lucky enough to have a couple of serial killers in the room with us. This is very exciting. Uh, now, uh, uh, to my to my left, we've got uh, Frank. Who's this? My name is Ralph. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, calm down with that. Speak words. Use your words. Ralph, like kill people. Ralph, I'm glad to have you here. We've also got another serial killer to help answer your questions. Um, now we've got uh, to my right. Uh, uh, hello, I am Galen Smiley. Uh, Galen, we're glad, glad to have you here. Glad to have you here. Uh, all right, so let's get started with uh, curious about serial killers. Uh, I, I know I'm curious about a lot, but uh, I know we wanted to get some audience input here. And let's let's go to the uh, the calls here. Um, Frank, who's on? Uh, this is this is our first time national. I'm sorry. We normally have we normally have our host here. Uh, uh, this looks like line one. Hello? Uh, let's see, uh, line two. Uh, who's, who's on, uh, line two? Hi, I have a question. Um, who are your favorite serial killers historically? Are there any ones in particular that you guys look up to? Like, who are your role models as you go about murdering innocents? Uh, I'm particularly fond of Ted Kennedy. Um, he was... An unsung hero amongst most of our group. And, um, well, I just like him a lot. There are a lot of people that look up to Ted Kennedy. Uh, God rest his soul. Uh, he Is got, he, he dead? Yes. Damn it! I'm sorry I had plans for next weekend. Anybody out there, if you killed Ted Kennedy, call in. Uh, even if you're not a serial killer, we'd love to talk to you. Uh, what, about, what about you? Uh, what's your favorite uh, serial killer in the history? I'm, I'm rather fond of Cecil B. DeMille. <laughs> Ted Kennedy and Cecil D. DeMille. There's interesting answers. That's nobody I would have thought of. Uh, what, what about you, Collar? Do you have a favorite serial killer of your own? I'm, I'm still making up my mind. I, I tend to... Uh, there was one serial killer whose name I forget from Chicago who had, like, a barrel of quicklime in the basement that he used to dissolve the bodies, and I always thought that that was really clever. Barrel of quicklime. That's... That's part of our, we've got a segment coming up of uh, serial killer tips, how to be a better serial killer. Uh, I think Frank's got that when he shows up, um, if he shows up. But let's keep going with, uh, with segment number one without, without Frank. I wish old Frank Allen would be here. I want to meet Frank Allen. I, I want to taste him. <laughs> hey, hey, there's no tasting of Frank Allen on my watch. Frank hey, Allen. hey, get back now. 
I'll put your mask back on if you don't calm down. Well, he was he was top build. I realized that, but we can probably we can do something here without without Frank Allen. Well, I probably uh, let's see if there's anybody else who has a question about about serial killers. Hello. Uh, hello, uh, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. This is super. I've never been on the air before. Listen, I have this question for the serial killers. Good, good, good. You've got all the right number. Very few numbers you can get for that, but this is the one of them. Okay, so hypothetical scenario. There may or may not be a body in a living room. Chopped to about, oh, 32 pieces. Oh, lovely, this is exciting, yes. The blood has spilled everywhere. Good, good, good. I think the police are on their way. Uh-oh. And I need to figure out how to clear any and all evidence. Uh, well, yeah, well, okay, yeah, that's that's definitely a good idea. Well, there's a body there. Um, get rid of the body, first of all. That's what you want to do in this. If there's any signs around there that show that there was a murder, you want to get rid of those. I was asking the serial killers. Oh, yeah, right, right. Sorry, I got into it. Uh, uh, well, uh, uh, one solution that I uh, tend to find very useful when I'm doing the uh, serial killing things is, um, do you have uh, a knife and fork, uh, possibly a microwave-safe dish of some sort? I could check the kitchen. Oh, then you are in luck. Just uh, uh, take those, a little bit of like a Caesar dressing, and sort of, it's a marinade. It's a marinade. It's how it works very well. And you stick it in the, in the individual pieces. You said 32? 32 pieces? Individual, individual pieces. You take them, and you put them on the tray. With the marinade, you put them in the marinade. And then you stick them in the microwave approximately 2 minutes and 30 seconds or so, and they come out tender. Tender, juicy, sweet. <laughs> Thirty-two pieces enough for Or's divorce when you have company, <laughs> and then you can finish off the company. <laughs> yeah, very good. This is how to entertain. That's another lesson we can we can give uh, on the program. I, I, has this has this helped out with your uh, your your hypothetical situation? It would, but I already ate the other one. I mean, hypothetically. Good, good, good. I hope it was it was hypothetically delicious. This has certainly given me ideas. So let's let's see if this, this is. We, I'm, I'm glad we've been able to be so helpful on this program. Uh, and in this part of the idea of curious about serial killers is it's cyclical. You know, you ask the serial killers things that maybe eventually you'll be a serial killer too, and people out there can ask you things. You know what? I don't like this house anyway. I think I'll just burn it down. Very good, very good. That's another method of murder you can try. Uh, let's see, who, who's on line three? Four. Hi. Uh, hello, ma'am, hello. Uh, uh, I have a problem. See, there was this guy, and he said he had candy in his van, and there was no candy in the van, and now I got tied up with duct tape, and I ate through it, and I'm in a closet in a dog somewhere. I don't know how to Ah, uh, you've, ah... Uh... There's a serial killer out there that's trying to serial kill and you're getting in the way of it. I just, I just, I love you, Um, excuse me, I just need to uh, butt in here for just a moment. Um, is this, uh, is your name, is your name Marsha? <laughs> okay, I have a suggestion. I would suggest you get back in the freaking closet! <laughs> Marsha, you're screwing up our ser- We can't ask serial killers questions if they stop being serial killers. We have to have somebody to kill. Get back in the freaking closet! <laughs> How did you open it anyway? My wrist hurt. I'm sorry. It'll all be over soon, Marsha. 
very soon. The show gets over in about 10 minutes, right? I, 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 it depends when whether Frank gets here. Marsha, I'm sorry. Just cooperate with him. Uh, it, 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 it'll be fine for us. Uh, just here, this would help. Uh, in the, uh, see that drawer, in the, the chest of drawers across the way from the closet? Uh-huh. There's some duct tape in there. Just use it to wrap yourself up, and I'll be there shortly. Galen! Galen, when, I, when you're done with her, can I have the leftovers? <laughs> uh, I do have company coming over next week, but I think I can spare you a few. <laughs> Frank Allen, where's Frank Allen? I need Frank. Uh, all right. Well, uh, hopefully we we solved that issue there. Well, who's uh, who? We see if we have another caller here. Uh, hopefully we get someone cooperating with serial killers, uh, and not working against the green of the program. Uh, who, who's who's the next uh, person here? What what do we have? Hello, I, um, am I on the air? I guess you are. So oh, am I. Oh, that's well. Okay. Um, I'm listen. I'm I'm a student down at, at Shawshank University. And um, I'm writing a paper in my serial killers and science class, and I need to, to ask them, uh, uh, these two guys, a quick question, if I could. Uh, feel free. It will really help me on my paper. Okay, um, I'm, my main question is, what, what kind of targets do you use when you, when you serial kill? Like, what, 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 is your, what, what do you look for in your victims? I mean, is it is it sugar content? Is it is it you know? Is it how many marshmallows are in there? Is it the 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 character on the box, or is it like how fancy nice the nutrition label is? Because I know that really gets me. I like it when when there's lots of nutrition, and then and I eat it on my toast, and then I just work out, and boy, do I feel good. So I know, and uh, and that's why I never go insane and kill kill if for that sort of reason. Because I know that's why you guys are in there in the first place. So. Um, if you could just describe in detail, that that would help me make my paper just way better if I have you two as a reference. Well, the first thing I can say is um, one thing that is very valuable is when some of us are guests on a radio show, you call in, and now I want to kill you. And that works out perfectly. And I just want to add, you sound juicy. See, that's really weird, because cereal boxes don't call up radio shows. I'm really, I'm not getting the reference here, but, I mean, are you guys really serial killers? What I, the hell is he talking about? I, I, I thank you not to, to, to question the credentials of our honored guests here, sir. There's I, more serial killer than you will ever be. Just, well, I mean, I know that killing a serial is a serious crime in, like, all 50 states. So I'm taking this pretty seriously. I don't know about you guys. Sir, if you're not going to respect our guests and recognize they are serial killers, we can't keep you on the line. Fine, then I don't want to be on the show anyway. I'll I'll, I'll just bull BS this. Stupid. I can't can't speak for my friend over there. But when I'm looking for victims, I'm looking for the surprise toy inside. (laughs) If I don't find the surprise toy inside, I have to destroy the evidence. (laughs) I think the surprise toy inside that guy was an idiot. So uh, uh, next line we have um, nobody. Uh, okay. Uh, so when Frank gets here, we've got some segments. But first, let's just uh, talk talk with the uh, serial killers. Uh, so guys, uh, if if you if there's somebody out there that's interested in being a serial killer, wants to get into the game, but they don't really know how to start, worried about getting caught. You know how to you know pick a good victim profile. They want to get something that's you know not taken up already. Maybe old, old ladies with one leg or something like that. What's the best way to go? I, I can help them get into the game. All they have to do is send me a letter 
with blueprints of their house, their address. X is over where the children sleep. <laughs> perfect, perfect. What address should that be sent to? What's the P.O. box here? Uh, 4237. You can do a care of the show, yes. What about you, Galen? Yes, what, what uh, uh, victim choices you're saying? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Victim choices getting into the game. Uh, well, well, I found when I first started that uh, I would uh, uh, I would go to, to my work, and I would work. And uh, sometimes uh, I would have to uh, go down to the copy room, and I would have to make some copies. And I would go down there and say, can I have some copies? And then they would say, well, sure, how many copies do you, would you like? And then I'd want to kill them. And this is, it worked very well. I've used this all over the place. Church, the grocery store, the amusement park. It's wonderful. And it shows, there's a grand variety of places you can go. Wonderful, wonderful. I'm sure, I'm going to be sure to use these. Uh, so guys, uh, what, what would each of you say was your favorite kill of all time? Hmm. There's so many choices. Hmm. Hmm. Well, you know, I can think of one. I can think of one. Uh, there was one time... When um, uh, I had gotten home, it was a particularly late night, and uh, hadn't seen uh, too many, too much action or anything. I went to the library and didn't have too much luck there. And uh, um, I went to the park and there wasn't too much luck there. And then uh, I got home and there was my newspaper sitting there. And uh, and uh, I started to read the paper and then the doorbell rang and it was a newspaper boy. And he said, can I have uh, some money for the paper? And then I wanted to kill him. And it was just fantastic. I took the newspaper and I killed him with it. And it was fantastic. It was the best paper I've ever read. That's... That's really all there is to it. It doesn't sound like much, but you should have been there. No, that's <laughs> thrilling, and I'll be looking for tips for how to kill with a newspaper, too. Uh, so what about you? What, what is your favorite, uh, what's your favorite killing? My favorite killing of my own performance would have been Stanford Elementary School. <laughs> but if I were talking about the world at large, I would have to bow down to my mentor and say the Ten Commandments was the most impressive kill of all time. <laughs> Where's Frank Allen? Where's Frank Allen? Hey, 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 he'll get here when he gets Frank here. Frank Allen! He'll get here when he gets here. Frank you, Allen. you calm down. Ten Commandments, interesting. And I, by the way, I very much admire you killed a whole elementary school. That takes skill and panache. Yeah, I don't know where... Frank Allen is either. I was just going to kind of say, yes, Frank. Um, so, yes, Frank. How was that? Well, all right. Let's see. Um, let's see if we could get anybody else here. Otherwise, we don't have our segments. Uh, so, But this was our premiere episode. We hope you listen again next time when we have more segments. Uh, guys, it looked like Frank, one of his segments was going to be uh, ser serial killing style evaluation reviews. Um, so this is, we're going to have, we're rating this on, uh, stylish, tacky, or done to death. Really? Those are the choices? Yes. I want to kill you! Okay, guys, don't kill the show people. Otherwise, there's no more shows. I promise. All right. Uh, so, pouring sand down someone's throat until they're dead, and then almost raping them, but then thinking better of it. Is this a question for us? Yeah, stylish, tacky, you're done to dick. Wait, did you say done to dick? Because then I would say three. It's answer number three. I don't understand what it matters if you almost rape them. What's the point of almost raping? Almost only counts in horseshoes and hand grenades. I, that's what I was thinking, too. If you're, if you're gonna do it, do it. Tacky, definitely tacky. Tacky, yeah, I would go with tacky. I'm sticking with three. All right, the next one was uh, locked in a car till they suffocate. 
than stabbing the car. I have to say that that sounds fantastic. Is creative a choice? <laughs> it's, it's unique. Yes, I would say we go stylish there. Yes, it's stylish. Yes, stylish. Now I want to stab the car. What kind of car do you drive? What kind of car is it? It's, it's a Mazda. Uh, it doesn't matter what kind of car I what drive. What color is it? It's a Mazda. Walk me by the lane. I want to kill it. Walk me by the parking lot on the way out. No, we're not. You're going straight to the bus. I want to go to the car. I'm going to put you guys, in the back. Guys, this is no fight if you kill me. Dude, I just want you to kill your car. Speak for yourself on that one. Okay, guys, let's just get the show finished, okay? There's one person here with you left. And that guy with the rattle. Um, guy with the rattle? Yeah, what do you want? Why haven't they killed you yet? I got the rattle. I, I, right, okay, well, uh... Can I, can I borrow the rattle? Are you can trained I? to handle the rattle? No, I'm not trained. I just want to borrow you the rattle. You need to be trained to use the rattle. It's a rattle. It's a very simple thing. Why it's very dangerous. No, it's just you shake it and it makes a noise. That's you all I could do. die. I, I know. That's why I want to borrow the rattle. DIY die, son. You really want to go out this way? Do it yourself. Do it yourself. No. Look, I, 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 it's a calculated risk. I'll take the rattle. You mess up. You're cleaning it up. Rattleman, it's not working, Rattle. Rattleman, it's not working. Oh, hold on. The safety's on it. Oh, ah, okay. Okay, now careful, careful. All right, listen. All right, I'm going to go have a sandwich. You can stay in here with these two. You'll be fine. No, I won't. It's my break. Union hours. Oh, shut up. Are you okay, serial killers? Yes. Our host looks tasty. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm disgusting. Uh, uh, we can't kill him on the show, but the show's almost over. The seconds are ticking away. No, the show goes. The show always goes on. All the world's a stage. Uh, hey, uh, can you shake that thing? Uh, He's doing it wrong. Who no, wouldn't kill a man with a rattle? Would you? You wouldn't kill a man with a rattle. Listen, what's your favorite thing to do that's not killing me? Watching him kill you. Rolling your body up in the carpet. (laughs) Putting you in a car and stabbing it. Frank Allen, if you are listening to the show, we really need you. This show is dying. This show is over. It's been very nice talking to you. Have a nice day. We're closing it up for today. Where's the off switch here? Where's the off switch? (laughs) (laughs) That episode of Curious About Serial Killers featured the voice talents of Charles Berman, Bailiff Quimby, Pete Bowers, Jordan Randall, Aaron Morrissey, and Cheryl Casey, but not Frank Allen. Right, not Frank Allen, which is very disappointing. I I was hoping he would show up. Well, uh, I mean, it sounds like the show is, well, I'll be honest with you, it doesn't sound like the show's going that well without him. I mean, our show is going a lot better without him than that one was. That's for sure. I was going to say it's a good thing that didn't air during uh, the morality machine, because that would have brought the numbers down for sure. Well, yeah, but, I mean, it wouldn't have made a difference I was lying about the world blowing up, right? Oh, right, yes. No, I forgot about that. You're a liar, so yes. Never mind, it doesn't matter. You could do whatever you want. The people, the serial killers can keep killing. It doesn't make a difference. No, no, that's not what I'm, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying, therefore, the serial killers can kill whoever they want to. I'm saying, no, nobody should kill anybody anyway. But uh, the morality machine wasn't going to blow. Oh, God, why are we even still... Talking about this, just forget it. All right. Fine by me. Yes, let's continue. Uh, We have another couple of letters we want to read. Uh, 
by the way, please write into us, um, castinwax at gmail.com. That's castinwax at gmail.com. And uh, we will read your letters on the on the air um, and uh, hopefully have some sort of meaningful interaction with you. Escape, wake up. What, what, uh, why do you always wake me up in the middle of the show? I don't like it. I know, but you're supposed to be awake and you're supposed to be interacting. Ugh, that's not fair. It is fair. You're one of the hosts of the show. All right, we've got two more uh, letters. Uh, this one... This one here is uh, from, oh, from Angela Schwartz, who uh, Rory just accused of uh, helping a uh, uh, wanted uh, man. Well, I, I didn't say it exactly like that. Don't believe it. I mean, you're, you're right. You didn't say it exactly like that, but that's what you meant. Well, yes, sort of. Well, Rory, can you read this letter from her? As, uh, fine. It says, uh, two episodes ago, oh, Jordan, you should know what the sound of one hand clapping is. You've heard me do it before. Don't be handist. Your friend, Angela Schwartz. Oh, right, yes, because um, you might not know. Angela Schwartz only has one hand. Um, and also, I do know the hand sound of one hand clapping because I can do it, too. I make this noise with only my hand. So, one hand clapping. Not bad. And then sometimes if I'm drinking something and I'm at a show, I'll just kind of smack my hand against my chest like this, which is sort of like the sound of one hand clapping. But this is literally one hand just kind of opening and closing against itself. So now that we have a thoroughly zen show, I think we have one more piece of email to, to read. Patsy, do you want to do this one too? Yes, no problem. Uh, painful ringings. Dear Mr. White, thank you for your podcast blanket approval of my ingenious new novel, Painful Ringings, A Tale of Liver, Onions, Misery, and Angst with Stella Macy, Jen, and Matthew Nichols, Entrepreneur. Rest assured, installments will be coming soon. I was just curious about which you would prefer for the theme music for your readings, though. The heart-wrenching one or the heart-wrenching light-hearted one? Let me know. I am working on it, Jack G. Tompkins. Okay, um, I don't know what he's talking about. Rory, do you know what he's talking about? Oh, yes, um, he's written a novel. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's called Painful Ringing. Yes, that's clear to me. Right, well, he wrote in to us about it um, last episode after you left when you had huffed off and were... were Pouting. Oh, yeah, right now. That was back when you were, like, being a pouty sour person. You're like, oh, I'm a wuss. No, I did not say that. Well, no, but basically, that's what you were saying. No, that's not, that's not what I'm saying. But what? what's the point? What? What? So he wrote a novel. So what? Yes, well, it's, uh, right. It's a novel that um, crosses over the Decker and Hayes show and the diner and also features Like Daughter and St. Red. Um, and it's, it's very long. It's somewhere in the realm of um, 750 pages, but he said he would send it in to us a bit at a time and we could do serialized readings of it. And so I told him that sounded wonderful. You know, we, we, we do do things like that on the show. So what? No, what? No, that's not true. No, Decker and Hayes is mine. They, they can't do... St. Red, like, those are, those are my shows. They can't just write them into a novel. Well, I mean, clearly he's a fan of the show, so I figured you wouldn't mind. Well, I don't, I don't mind him being a fan of the show, but he can't... You can't use them in his novel. Yeah, that's not fair. What? Yes, it's totally fair. Wh what are you talking about? Well, you said you told H.P. Lovecraft that we could make a show out of his show. No, I told H.P. Lovecraft that we could make a musical out of his story because his story is in the public domain. I wrote those things, some of them, some of them were written by many people, but the point is that they're owned by me, and no, he can't, he can't just use them. Well, it's too late now. I already gave him permission. You don't have the authority to give him permission. You cannot give him permission, Jack. You cannot do this. This is totally not legal. And also, I don't approve. You can write your own fanfic. You can't publish it, and we're not going to read it on the show. I mean, that's ridiculous. He's already sending it in, Jordan. This is... Jack, just send it on in. I'll have us read no, it. No, you don't have that authority. While I am the head of this show, you don't have that authority. Well, Dad, sometimes you're not really the head of the show. Sometimes you read to be a world. That is not... 
That is not true. Don't believe it. That is actually true, Jordan. You did leave the show for a while, and it was to be a wash. It it wasn't. It was because of Battlestar Galactica and the and Watchmen, both of which were uh, atrocities that were committed. Look, okay, this is ridiculous. I'm not defending myself for this, Jack. You're not allowed to use my stuff. You'll have to rewrite it, Jack. Just send it. No, in. D- oh. like I said, we will take emails at castandwax at gmail.com. Please write into us, preferably not. To say that you've ripped me off. It's not ripping you off. It is a fan of your work doing a tribute to your work. And I like tributes to my work, but 750-page novels, okay. And it's not even all my work. This, the, the diner, it doesn't belong to me. It belongs to Angela. You can't, you, and you gave permission for that, too. You don't have that authority. I'll talk to Angela about, look, don't worry about it, Jordan. Everything will be all right. We're all going to be fine in the long run. Jack, continue with your work. I'm sure it'll be great. It's not going to be, it's not going to be great. Fine. So now, anyway, whatever. We're going to end the stupid show. Oh, my God. I'm pissed off. I haven't done another ukuleles for covers. Uh, I have. I do have, however, a backlog of um, quick live ukulele cover demos I have done. So why don't I end the show with one of them? I'll end the show with uh, uh, In Which I Kick Harry Potter in the Face, which is a Draco and Malfoy song about Draco Malfoy kicking Harry Potter in the face. So I'll end the show with that. And hopefully... Uh, hopefully I'll see you next week, guys. I'll just be seeing you. From the Hogwarts Express with Crab Royal Pansy, chilling out Max in compartment 3B. Well, it was too much to expect by the sea, especially with that reject like our friend Harry. That's when I started talking about Voldemort. Explaining my sweet new position Thought I saw a shoe or a small piece of fish No, it was a shoe that my two eyes did see Under a cloak of invisibility Just then a thought started creeping up on me And I knew exactly what I'd do Make you wish you acted more quickly And that I'd never seen your shoe kick you in the face. I might do it 27 times just in case. I know nothing could ever replace the picture in my head of your kicking face. Scrolling down for verse 2. After they left, I went through with my plan and tied a tight knot around each of your hands. Made you listen to Stripper and Enter Sandman. Made you hear Rio by Duran Duran. You didn't like it, but it's That was a terrible ending.